2: Hey everybody, it's Caitlin and I'm gonna start us off with a high five. And that is um I just we just did a backyard project where we my dad and Cam, my husband, and with the help of some other people, which was so great, they like re, we had a fence in our yard, but it was only fencing in part of my yard. And with little kids, I wanted it. I have like this huge shady part of my yard that wasn't included. So long story short, we wanted to like extend our fence line out. And we wanted to do it since we moved in. But just it's crazy. I feel like fencing, I mean, most projects are a lot of money. But like fencing, who knew? It was like a really expensive project. So we've just had other things we wanted to do before. So finally, after a couple of years, we were like, hey, we're doing it. And, um, what was nice is I had looked into, so first of all, I mean, that in itself is a high five. I'm like loving my extended fence backyard. It's just, it like totally changes the vibe of my yard. So I'm loving that. So grateful to like my dad and Cam for like putting in the work to make that happen because it's beautiful. But something on top of that, that I truly loved was, so the guy, so I had like looked on KSL, which for those who are listening, it's like Craigslist here in Utah. So I'd been like looking there or Facebook marketplace for fencing materials. To kind of price out because we were going to do it ourselves so I was trying to price out the materials of how much it would cost and like where we could get it for the best price and I found this guy um, and we had we had also gotten a bid for someone we just wanted to know how much it would cost for like just to pay somebody to do the whole project which was a lot and they had given us I had I had sent this materials guy my bid that I had gotten from these people who were just going to do it themselves and long story short we have We have tons of windstorms where we live that had broken down part of my fence previously, like years past. And we had kind of jimmy rigged it and like fixed parts of it. But one part of our gate that was existing had been broken for a while. And the people who had come in and give a bid for it had said like, oh, like this is welded in place. Like so for you to replace it, it was going to be like. I don't know, $900. Cause they're like, you have to replace the whole gate. Like you can't just fix part of it because it's welded. So, and I really wanted to fix that part of the gate. Cause again, I have little kids and they could kind of get out. Like Will was just like gunning it for this one place that he knew there was a weak spot. And so anyway, <laughs> so I was like, oh shoot. Like, and it wasn't something, it didn't seem like it was something that we'd be able to do by ourselves. At least that's the way these people made it sound. So anyway, what was crazy was, so I was kind of just expecting that we might just have to pay a big chunk to get that replaced. But when this guy who he was just this really nice guy who runs this wholesaling, like fencing material stuff, he was like, hey, let me just come out to your place and I'm going to like look at your yard and I'll kind of give you a better idea of what you'll need for your materials, which first of all was actually just really nice of him to like, he didn't have to do that. Like he could have just given it to me over the phone, but he like came out he was like this country guy. He comes Mm -hmm. out and I wasn't there when he first got there. I got there like 15 minutes later and in the time, so he got there i got there 15 minutes after and in that time he was like hey by the way i just fixed your gate while i was at it so the gate that they had told us that was like welded together and they're like oh no no you have to replace the whole thing he just fixed it and he was like it just took me 2 seconds he's like it only took me maybe 10 minutes and he's like and i'll just do it for free he's like honestly i don't know why they were going to charge you so much so it was crazy like in 2 yeah like in a really short amount of time he fixed this fence that i actually thought was going to be this huge thing and we've been kind of dealing with like how hard it's been. Cause it, it wasn't easy to fix for us. Cause we're not fence people, but he's like, I deal with this all the time. So he's like, it's okay. Like I get why it would seem difficult, but it actually was okay anyway. And so I was just like, my heart was warmed a little bit that he just was so like, was just like, yeah, yeah I just fixed it. And he was so great to work with. And it just made me, I feel like we've done a lot of projects in our lives and run the gamut of, like, most people have been really great to work with, but sometimes it can be really frustrating for a variety of reasons, like, working with material people and different things, and it was just one of those things where it's, like, man, how nice, like, that was so nice of him just to, like, out of the kindness of his heart, just fix something that he didn't need.
0: that.
1: That That both inspires me to be more like that and be generous like that, and also I want to give that guy more business. That's amazing. Like, do I have a fence need? I don't know. Do I I have
0: have a fence need? Send him to me. I have a fence need.
2: Yeah. I'll send him. He was great. I would 110% recommend him. He was awesome to work with. And he was, yeah, just like so cool. Like very helpful with like, help cause again, like we knew some stuff and like with my dad's help, cause he's done some fencing stuff, but he was just so awesome of like, he really helped save us money. Not even just cause we were doing it ourselves, but like, he like helped us figure out ways that we could do it more efficiently. Anyway,
1: it was great. Totally recommend it to you, Felicia. He was great. I love that, though. Like, How can I I be that kind of person that's so good (laughs) and so kind and genuine and helpful that I just make people's lives better by Mm -hmm. interacting with them? That's amazing. Very inspiring. I love Mm -hmm. it.
0: All right. I also have a high five to Cleats from the thrift store. (laughs) If you have little kids who play sports, they grow out of the cleats before the next sport starts. Usually it's very annoying. And cleats are more particular because you want to be clomping around like a horse when you're trying to play baseball. Like you can't have it like shoes. You can buy them a little big for kids. They need to actually fit. So my tip is to go to the thrift store because everybody else experiences this exact same thing. There's almost always many brand new cleats or close to new or used for one season cleats at the thrift store, our thrift mm-hmm. store, but I'm sure this is a universal phenomenon. And so I just will go and I'll buy a few cleats in the next sizes. They'll be good cleats. Like every time I'm like, Ooh, I'm so excited. And then we just have the next size cleats. It's quite the hack with your kids' mm-hmm. play
1: sports. Ooh, that's, that's- awesome. Brilliant. Brilliant. I do love it. Thrift store,
2: and especially with kids, it's like they do grow out of stuff so quickly that it's so nice. That's so to nice, be able to, yeah. Get them for I don't even know how much cleats would be there, but I'm sure they're incredibly cheap. Especially cleats are expensive, like oh, brand new. So
0: oh, like you know, fifty two hundred dollars and thrift store three dollars. Yeah, and save the earth, save
1: the earth, people. Yes. <laughs> sustainable fashion. Yes, sustainable fashion. <laughs> My, you know, I had a different high five, but I'm gonna. I'm going to go along with that. I'm going to change my high five right now to the concept of consignment in general. My daughter did a presentation at school about sustainable fashion. And now she's, like, committed to – she, like, loves consignment now. So we go shopping. Like, our favorite kind of shopping to do is thrifting. And first of all, way less expensive. Two, it's amazing because there's so much fashion waste. Like, so much with fast fashion. I mean, you can buy – new, cheap stuff. And then we buy too much and we don't know what to do with it. And that's it's an environmental problem and a budget problem. And so it's actually awesome. Like it's fun because my daughter, I used to thrift all the time and I kind of stopped. And when my kids were little, I did a lot more because I feel like I was just buying a lot of clothes. And, but I don't know, I kind of got out of the habit and it's fun to have a teenage daughter who's like helping me remember how fun it is to go to a thrift store because yeah, you can find these really fun things that are kind of unique and they're not expensive and you're reusing something that would have been in a landfill. So yeah, high yeah. five to thrifting in general and to my daughter for re-inspiring me to do it. So yeah, that's okay. gonna be my high five.
0: I agree. All right. We have something fun for you guys today. A listener question in the listener's real voice. We're very excited about this. So we're going to play a voice memo from a listener. And if you would like to submit a question, we will have a link in our show notes.
1: Yeah. In our show notes, we'll actually put, it'll say, if you want to leave us a voice message, listen here. So this is the first time guys that we've had this in our show notes. We're really getting high tech advancements <laughs> here, but then it's fun because if we choose your question, you'll actually have your voice. on our yes, in our actual podcast episode, which will be so fun.
0: So fun. And it adds a depth to be able to hear your guys's questions in your own voices. So, all right, this question is from Mandy.
3: Hey Felicia, this is Mandy. I am seeking advice regarding summer burnout. Um, I wanna preface this by saying that summer is my absolute favorite season of all time. I am a summer baby. I love being outside. I love all the things summer has to offer. And I live in Colorado, so our summers are typically beautiful. Summer for us starts May 18th. That's when my oldest got out of school. So we are a decent chunk into summer. And my kids are hitting a point where they are squabbling a lot more. They're not settling into activities as well. Um, And they're really testing the limits on behavior and boundaries, which is causing me to feel burnt out. Um, we do not have a lot of family here and my husband works a lot of hours. So majority of the parenting and, you know, child rearing does fall on me, um, with not a lot of breaks. We did do one summer camp for each kiddo. Um, but you know, when you have multiple, that was kind of our, our budget. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts or ideas around that. I want to be fully present and really enjoy summer with my kids, but I feel like we're we are we're kind of in a spot where everybody is just burnt out. So that's where we are. I appreciate you gals and your podcast so much, and I look forward to hearing from you.
0: All right. Great question. So many layers. Thanks for, for sending that in, Mandy. Um, I I've listened to this question now a couple times through and one part that I didn't notice like two little nibs in there that I just heard that I wanted to touch on first. um, She said that she doesn't have a lot of family and she's kind of like the main one taking care of her kids. And in summer that's intense. So a lot of our listeners know that we just got back from being in, in Florida for four months. So kind of like the length of summer. And obviously we moved to a place that I didn't know a single person. My husband was still working and it was intense (laughs) because I was with my kids all day, every day, but also with no buffer of friends or anybody that they know, no buffer of family, a neighbor, like playing. We lived in a place where everybody was like 90 years old. So (laughs) seriously. So I didn't hear that the first time I heard this question. And I just want to send some intense empathy for, I know, like that feeling is really, Hard. And at the end, when you're saying, I just want to be present and enjoy it, it's like this. I felt that in Florida, like, I just want this to be so good, but like, you're driving me crazy. And that's like a hard, like, internal battle. So if you can find maybe there's a library that even does like a little craft time and you could go in the corner by yourself and read a book, maybe you have a couple friends that you could bring up doing like a little kid swap? Like, is there something that you can, maybe you can find a neighbor who'd be willing to babysit and you can have some just like you time because it is really hard to enjoy being with your kids when you never get to not be with your kids. (laughs) So that's the first little section I wanted to comment on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on that point, um, I really like, like a couple months ago, we um, read the book Hunter Gatherer Parent. And in that book, she brought up a really good point that for a millennia and in a lot of other cultures, it's it's not always just one parent um, spending all the time with the kid. It is like in other cultures and for a long time in throughout history, it's kind of, it is kind of like a village thing. Like, you know, there's aunts, there's uncles, there's grandparents, there's, there's cousins, there's lots of stuff happening that the kid is getting, um, is getting kind of parented by like a lot of different ways. And and in the society that we live in now, like in uh, the United States, like where we are in Western culture kind of, yeah. that's not quite the case anymore. <laughs> you know, like we do I'm mostly, wait, what were... sorry. Like the, the Western, well, weird parenting. Yes. Western. What did it stand for? It was like Western. Industrialized, educated educated industrialized.
1: I don't even remember, but yeah.
2: yeah. Democratic or something. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, she phrases it as there actually is like a scientific term for our kind of parenting. And it is weird. Like the acronym is weird.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of
2: funny. But, um, but it's, it's an interesting thought. Cause what she said was, was when she went, so this, this author, when she went and visited other countries um one of the people, I think it was when she went and visited the, in some Inuit people. And like one of the people that saw her with her daughter, just like out on the street was kind of like, Hey, do you want me to just like take your daughter for a little bit? Because, and she kind of brought up the point, that it's like, you know, like you don't spend all day, every day with your husband, like every second of the day with them. Cause if you did, you probably actually would get sick of them. Like you do have time away, you know, like you love them, but also there is time away from people. So I think they're There's definitely something there where it's like, I think it's so great that I I truly genuinely love spending time with my kids. And I think there's an element there that's like, is there a way that we can somehow like off, when I say offload it, like, so that, because it makes sense why you would be butting heads so much if you're literally with them 24 seven. Like when I heard that, it was kind of interesting because I thought, oh man, yeah, like that does make sense why you would maybe feel a little burnt out. Um, And that is like, just to be clear, like that is kind of, my situation, I am the main caregiver. I am with my, I have little kids that are not in school um, yet. And so I think about that, that it's like, man, is there a way I like, and, and I think we can be creative with it. Cause yeah, it's like, we do live in a society now where that is kind of the case, but it's like, what can we do? Yeah. Can you, I like that you gave some ideas of like, do you have somebody that you could either swap with or even just like, yeah, going to going to the library going there are different things or maybe it looks like hiring out a babysitter for like a little bit so that you can go out and do something whatever that looks like for you like maybe thinking outside the box of ways that you can have some time i don't know i think when i read that um and i could still be better at doing that in my own life but it is like a good thing to think about that it's like oh yeah it makes sense why maybe you guys are all butting heads because you're with each other all the time and any like any situation in which that's the case that's probably going to be happening. So in what ways can we maybe work around and like unload that tension, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I add, because this is one facet of this this conversation, can I just add in this dynamic that sometimes I don't know how our listeners feel, but there are times where you're like, there's not somebody who I feel safe with leaving my kids with and and that's okay to feel that way. So something I just want to point out here is one piece of this. So you have the mental health of your children, right? Like you have like how they're getting, how they're getting along. And then a really important part of it is how you're getting along. So I just want to take just a minute and just kind of, I love Felicia that you gave that little sympathy, that like empathy that you've experienced that. And Caitlin, I'm so glad that you pointed out that really it is not the normal, when I say normal, like not the human experience, the vast majority of human experience to do parenting alone, like we do now. I mean, most mothers, when they come home with a newborn, they're not just alone with their newborn, right? They have so many people around them. And so just to give yourself a little bit of grace, there is some, there's an isolation feeling when you're just with your kids because they because you are in a hierarchy in parenting. There is a hierarchy. Of course, you're seeing your children as whole people and you're respecting them as whole people. But there's also, I mean, in our episode, I can link it about authoritative parenting, There still is, even though you are being so respectful and loving of your children, there still is a hierarchy. You are still the one in charge, right? And that's actually how the family works well. If you give up that completely and the kids run the asylum, then things start getting out of hand. But so what I'm saying is even though, of course, your children, you love them and you love being with them, there is an isolation feeling, a loneliness that comes when you're the leader like that and you don't have a peer (laughs) with you, Um. Of course, you don't need to peer with you all the time. But I'm saying like, for me, I remember that feeling of like, it's just kind of like a lonely feeling sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I just want to first of all say that it's okay to feel that way. But second of all, the thing I want to point out here is that sometimes you can get that need met without, again, if you can find a way to actually have a full break from your kids, totally do it. But I can like hear, sometimes I feel like I can like hear listeners saying like, but I'm in a situation where that's not something that feels safe for me and mm-hmm. and that's okay but um when my kids were little i went from feeling kind of that lonely feeling to we moved into a neighborhood where i had it's going to make me kind of cry where i had several friends who had kids the same age and i found a reprieve from that loneliness with my kids could still be there but we could go places where our kids were playing i mean we could see them like we could see our kids And in the summer, it's great because it can be outside under a tree or whatever. Like we could still see them, but I have the ability to connect with other women who are in the same boat as me. So what I'm saying is sometimes it isn't just in your neighborhood that you have that. Sometimes it takes a little bit of cultivation through, you know, Facebook groups. We live in a place with the internet that we can actually find a connection to other mothers, but you might be able to find some reprieve from that feeling of a little bit of isolation. I know she didn't even say isolation. I'm just, I'm kind of reading into this, how it feels to me when you have a lot of kids around and you're feeling that kind of overwhelmed feeling. Sometimes isolation can be a part of that. So is there a way to reach out to other women and have your kids play, but you still have that connection, that kind of camaraderie. It's the village. You're like creating a village, right? And Mm -hmm. you can get some of those needs met by just finding a way to connect with other women. So it's the equivalent of in a village society where, yeah, your kids are playing, but you guys are all gathering water together. You're doing laundry at the river together. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just, I think what Kaylin was like a month ago, somehow it ended up my kids were at our house playing and, and ended up that like I was free a little longer and I ate dinner with her and we got to make dinner together. And it was such a treat to do just like a task together. So women for millennia have been doing things like washing their clothes at a river together while their kids play so it doesn't necessarily a break from their children, but they're able to connect. And I'm just saying, I think that might be a piece of this that could help with the totally. whole mental and emotional well-being of you and your kids is, is if there's a way to build that community. Because I feel like sometimes we just feel like we're the leader and we have to plan the activities and make sure they all go well. But we're this, this little pod of just us, but um, we can find that through connecting with other adults. So that's the first thing I want to address. The second thing I want to address is, is also focusing on you Mandy here as the mother. Cause all those things you described are so like, so relatable. Like all three of us are like, wow. Yeah, we've been there. But I just want to remind you that what does self-care look like for you? And are you, how are you doing with it? So again, we've talked about this so much, but like for me, that's my morning routine where I feed my soul, um, through meditation or my individual practices like that. And so I would say also, times like this in summer where you're feeling some burnout. For me, I always return. Like I feel like anytime I feel like I'm getting burned out or out of balance or whatever, which is what you're saying, right? Like you're saying that you're feeling some burnout, some overwhelm here. I always like to circle back to what are my, what are my practices, my core pillar practices? And for me, that's my essentials. How am I doing on those? And a lot of times for me, specifically for meditation, (laughs) specifically that I can be like, Oh, I've gotten a little bit, Got a little bit off of that. And coming back to that, the answers come to me. Like we're going to give you several more. Like we have lots of ideas here, but really the answer oftentimes can come inside of us mm-hmm. as well. And for me, that comes back to centering into meditation. Am I doing those kinds of things? Because oftentimes then the answers are inside of me. And I'm able to tap into them. I'm also able to give from a place of wholeness and not from a place of depletion when I'm doing those things. And as I say this, this is just as a reminder to me as it is to everybody else because it's summertime and I am burning a candle on both ends and I am doing some lots of neglecting of my, (laughs) my, uh, essentials. So it's a good reminder to me too, because I am also feeling some burnout and it's a good reminder. What, how am I doing on that? Can I circle back? Can I recenter, you know? So that's my second like point
3: here. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I think that piece of holding that space for your self care essentials, I think also can like transfer nicely into your family dynamic in the day because something we lose when our kids are like out for the summer is that structure. And summer's nice because there's not structure, but also it's not nice because there's not structure sometimes. And it feels just like when everybody's waking up whenever they want, wandering out to get breakfast at different times. There's like messes everywhere because somebody wants a bagel now and then some Oreos in a minute. And like, it's just like, so if for me building in a tiny bit of structure that still allows for like the fun, lazy freedom of summer or the Like spontaneity of summer can still be there, but maybe it looks like we've talked about family essentials and we can link those episodes, but maybe it looks like in the morning we will all, you know, gather to eat breakfast. I'll read a book to everyone. We'll do like make our beds, get ready for the day, do our chores. And that could all be 30 minutes, but something about having a little cushion of structure I think feels good to kids. It feels good to us because sometimes for me, it's that all day, my brain's like, wait, but we didn't get to do our like summer reading and, oh, the kids didn't make their bed. I'm teaching them a bad habit. So can I build in those things that are important to me in a little bit of a structure? And you can do that with your whole day also. So maybe in the morning you plan and you talk to your kids and you know, like this chunk of time, we're going to go out and do something. Maybe that's just to your backyard, but it's like you're going out time. And then this times are being in time. And I'm going to have a little time for myself and you guys get to have your own little quiet time to yourself in, in your rooms. And then this is the time of day where we're going to turn on some music and do a quick cleanup before dinner. It's so not, not a lot of structure really, but it's just Our kids, I think, like to have those little touch points in the day where they know what to expect. And summer can sometimes just feel like, who knows what we're doing? It's just crazy all the time. And I think for kids that can feel, it can be hard to regulate their emotions and their energy as much as it is for us. So, can you build in a tiny bit of structure around your days. And that's nice because then when school starts, it can kind of transfer into the real schedule rather than going from no plan at all straight into like militant when, it, when school starts so that'd be my second tip
2: right well yeah and I was thinking because I currently I don't have any kids in school but I do love I love that like the flow like you have like kind of a flow of the day and I do think I love that even though it's yeah it's not like so structured it's like at nine o'clock we're doing this it is but it is just like the idea of like yeah. In the morning is kind of like our time that either we go out, like we're meeting with other people at the park or we're going to the pool or we're doing, you know, whatever it is. And we get to like burn out some energy. Yeah. So I like that, that I think it's nice for our kids to kind of have a flow and it's nice for us. Cause it's like, there is going to be a time where we get things done as a family, whether it's, yeah, the reading, whether it's, you know, yeah, making your bed, doing some of those chores, like those things get done. So you're kind of like having that flow. I think that feels good for everybody. I mm-hmm. think, um, the only other thing I was going to say and, and like with the squabbling thing that she mentioned that it's like, I feel like everybody is just like on each other's case. Something that I, um, at least for me that I really love during the summer is that, cause at least from my kid's age, um, I feel as though sometimes a lot of times what they squabble about is like toys. So it's like one person's playing with a toy, the other person wants it. And then there's a squabble, like That happens a lot. Now that's not to say that's the only time they squabble, but it, it does feel like that happens most of the time with my age of kids. I don't know if that's for every age. I'm not sure. But, um, so with summer, I feel like, and, and just like the nice weather outside, I feel as though (laughs) that squabbling has reduced a lot. That's not to say it's eliminated, but like it is reduced a lot because we are spending so much time outside. There's just not as much toys. Like they're just running around playing and what I think is nice about that is that they um, like, yeah, they're not fighting over those things and they're kind of just like, either they're playing together really well because they're just running around and doing, they're like little puppies, or they're also kind of doing their own thing, looking at bugs and doing stuff like that. And so for me, I do, for me, like part of my flow of the day is like time outside. Like we have time outside that is, it doesn't usually involve toys. Sometimes it's maybe up in the mountains. Sometimes it's just in my backyard. Sometimes that might be like. We meet up as like sisters at the park and then they're with their cousins playing in the park. But like getting that energy out has always helps because then when we do come back for, then my youngest takes a good nap and Emmett then has time for quiet time. But he's kind of like burnt out any of that like physical energy in the morning. And that, I don't know, like having that time outside does seem to help with the squabbling. Now I know that might seem like it's simplifying it, but I do feel like for me, a lot of times outside time, is like an answer for me. So it's nice with that weather. I don't know if that can be a help for Mandy or anybody else, but like having some part of your day, like making sure that you're having some time outside that like seems to really, I don't know, put a
1: good spin on the rest of my day. Yeah. I think outside is magical. And I love that Mandy mentions that she loves, like you can tell she's a woman who really appreciates that
3: outside
1: gift that summer brings. It's wonderful. Um, the only thing I have to add, I love what both of you guys said so much. The only thing I have to add to that, cause there is something beautiful about having a little bit of structure for me in the summer, in the morning, I love that my kids, when they wake up, they know, and I don't have to like tell them, well, I still do. Have to, what am I saying? A lot of times I do still tell them, but, um, is, you know, they do their, we do our essentials. They have a chore they do every day and they do one page of mental math and cursive handwriting. Cause I'm like a weirdo about cursive. But then I love it. And then that gives a lot of freedom. What I hear an undertone here, and I could be misreading this or mislistening to this. The Mandy said is, um, there might be some, and if not for her, at least for somebody out there who's listening, cause I felt this before there might be some kind of feeling of the need to entertain and kind of like manage her children's experience of summer. And, you know, you know, with things like camps and activities, there are so many fun activities to do in the summer, But the thing, like, squabbling, the thing about squabbling is it is maddening. It's so annoying, really, as a parent. Like, there are times where I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like, are we really fighting over the rules of an imaginary game that we just made up? Like, you know, they'll start arguing about, like, I mean, I just want to be, like, this is the dumbest argument. In my head, I'm, like, this is the dumbest argument I've ever heard. Why are we even arguing about this? And why is it about to escalate into violence? Like, this is so, so much. But, but, you know, I... I just, to be clear, I always step in before it turns to violence. I might have people take a break from each other if they're really, um, I I keep them safe. But what I'm saying is just that like low grade kind of mild, really just irritating squabbling sometimes is the push through from like, we know what we're doing to, we don't know what we're doing. It's that push through to boredom is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. All of our brains do it. Children do it. Sometimes they do it with each other and that's where you get the really annoyingness But I mean, our brains do this. Like if we're going from an activity, we just say we went swimming one day and then we went to the park and then we have afternoon where we don't have anything. Our brains do this, how it feels to me in my brain and how it looks when I'm watching my children. It's like a little glitching, like, like you almost want to reach out for us adults or children. We want to reach out to screens usually because it's like all of a sudden our brain's just like a little lull and it's used to being, uh, entertained And it's like, whoa, what are we going to do? Can I watch a movie? Can I, you know, and a lot of times for me, at least for my kids, that's when fights break out. Like they're like, you can tell they're just kind of like, they haven't pushed through into the boredom realm yet. But if we can create stillness and realize that it's not our job to manage that they have a really exciting activity all the time, we let them push through that. And I'll even say to my kids, like, hey, you know, they'll be like, man, what am I going to do? And I'm like, hey, like this is that stretch into boredom. If you let it, if like John Kabat-Zinn said, which my kids get kind of bugged because I made them memorize this, when you pay attention to boredom, it becomes unbelievably interesting. That quote is so beautiful to me. Because sometimes it takes going past that little buzz, the little glitching, like once you settle into the other side, then it's okay. They can actually manage it themselves. And that's when you see the beautiful, creative, imaginary place start blooming you know, where they really get in the flow on their own imaginary play, where they start building a fort outside and they just get lost in it or they start, you know, drawing something or they start building something in your house, like with Legos or whatever. Or, I mean, one of my favorite things is my six-year-old. I'll see him get a toy. And again, it's usually only they push through. There's been a little annoying stage where you can tell his brain's reaching for some kind of entertainment. And when the entertainment does not present itself, I love it when I see him with a toy in his hand and you can tell he's now transported himself to a whole nother world. You know, he's climbing up the couch with the little individual toy and you can tell he's created in his mind now another world, which is so important for children and adults, but especially for kids to develop that space in their brain. And we've actually all link, we can link the episode we have on solitude literally this part of our brain the solitude part of our brain is connected to our ability to connect socially which is interesting and to me ironic because they're not they don't seem like they'd be connected but what i'm saying is there might be some reframing here that could happen of uh, when we're feeling burnout it could be and again i'm not saying this specific situation because i'd have to ask more questions but i think for a lot of us burnout a way to combat burnout is by stepping back and actually just doing less and allowing our children to kind of move through that squabbling, annoying into their own space of imaginary play, which, you know, for my daughter, that looks like her siblings are annoying her a ton. So she might go into a room with no screens and she ends up coming up. Like she like wrote my one daughter, like wrote some, like this little, is like a short story book, you know what I mean? And you wouldn't do that unless there was a lot of, of free blank space. So, I guess what I'm saying is that can be the annoying, the burnout, and the annoying squabbling can be just that transition into freedom and boredom, which is the place where it sounds counterintuitive. But that's where you actually want to get. You want to make sure there is space for that in the summer. So, yeah. it could just be a reframing of this is normal. This is okay. Let the glitch go past, and we can go into that space of imagination. Where, whereas an adult, the cool thing about this is that then you're actually free as the adult. It creates less burnout because you realize you don't have, to, you can't actually manage their imagination. So it kind of frees you too, you know, for sections mm-hmm. of time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to empathize too with the glitch part being, like, we can make that sound like it's like short or easy. It can be a lot. Like I. Like that stage for my boys often looks like they're trying to bug each other because they are kind of boredish. So they're like trying to get like misbehavior can be boredom, especially if you have a high, like my oldest is very like high energy. And I'll see him just like flicking his sibling's ear because he's just like, I'm bored. I got to get somebody to do something here. I got to get a rise out of somebody, you know, like <laughs> so that can end up in a fist fight time. That glitch can be a little intense time. So I've noticed that the last like week or so, my kids getting in fights in that time of the day a lot. And so I just inserted myself into that time of day. So to paint the picture, we'd like go out and do something in the day. Then we come home and they're like not napping anymore, obviously, because they're older. So they would go to do their own thing, but they're near each other. And it was just constant stealing of the other one's Lego piece, or he accidentally touched me, or he's breathing like this, so then they punch each other and so just I would just be there, like go into the room, you know, and build a Lego with one or whatever, and sometimes just that adult buffer of like obviously, well, not obviously they do still punch each other when I'm there, but less <laughs> so. I'm just in the vicinity for a minute to be the buffer through that like glitch phase has yeah. been helpful. Um, that, that could be something that if you're like, but they're not just like bored for a second, then they start playing. Like, I think all of us can empathize with that part. Isn't always just like, Oh, now we're good. Now we're in a creative land. It does sometimes, especially when you're first starting it feel like it has a lot of friction. So give it some days. It will, it will settle into being, um, th- they'll fall into it easier with practice. I would say,
1: you know, idea I just had places you were talking. I'm glad you said that two things about what you just said that I love. And I want to say in our own brains, I don't know about you guys, but like the glitch isn't easy for me either. Right. Like yeah. it actually feels to me, it feels like a Almost desperate grasping for something to fill the space in my brain. Do I? Is there something I need to buy online? Is there <laughs> some, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think there's somebody who on social media, I want to see what's happening. Like, I mean, and none of it's helpful. It's not, not helpful stuff. But like, it literally is a glitch in my own. Like that glitch that we're talking about, I'm just, we're just naming it that, but that's how it feels to me. It literally is for me like a desperate scrambling. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not actively... <laughs> entertained right now by doing a task whoa like yeah uh, Yeah. can I numb myself in some way it's weird so like we have it as adults so it gives us some empathy for our children right
0: and 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 if we're not doing that part because I find myself a lot of times not doing that part not just sitting and being like what's my imagination gonna do I do go on to the next thing because I'm an adult and I always have the next thing but that's Mm -hmm. modeling that we have to have the next thing
1: yeah you know what? it's a good yeah you're you're really um this is challenging <laughs> this is like what's the word i feel like we're really challenging ourselves here like let's <laughs> look at ourselves this is which is what parenting does which is beautiful right because how does that look in an adult life when you also have a bunch of tasks clearly you need to actually just choose time for solitude which is ugh. anyway in the middle of the day that's gonna be that's challenging and but the that, thing
0: that feel like sometimes i don't know if you guys feel this but i'm like I'm resentful at you small humans who can't just play. I've got to do all this stuff. Do you want to? That's a good, sometimes that works for me too, is if they come to me and they're like, kind of like eh, boardish, we don't use that word, but if we did, uh, I give them a chore and they get on board really fast.
1: Ooh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's yeah. what I have to offer you. Would you like to sweep?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So, that's a good, that's anyway. a good task.
0: But I I can feel that resentment sometimes towards my kids of like your life is pretty easy. I'm asking you to simply play Legos, and that's like kind of like a I can I can get in that mental loop sometimes. So I wanted to empathize with any parent who's like feeling that a little bit because I do sometimes
1: feel that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I love, I love that. That's, that's actually a really good tip. Um, and the other thing I've just had this idea, I mean, it's tricky because I feel like my summer times and now are different than they used to be, but why don't we re-implement quiet time? I and mean, we have entire episodes about quiet time with toddlers and babies, because the babies are napping, like Caitlin's at a stage where one baby naps. So it makes sense that the, that the toddler has quiet time, quiet time saved my mental health. Honestly, when my kids were little, I mean, I don't want to over-exaggerate here, combination with morning practice quiet time and connecting with other women during the day those I mean it was like a huge like I would say like pillars of my mental health when I had tiny tiny kids so why now that my children are an adults? yeah they're not taking naps anymore but on the afternoons that we are home and free the cool thing about quiet time is you are deliberately handing them the reins to their own imagination and they don't have to be by each other for this in fact I think it's good to have them not be, I mean, to me, I wouldn't make a strict rule if they're playing well together, then I don't care. But, but the concept of like, this is a time where you can go find your own space, read, write, whatever you want to do, build something imaginary, play with a toy, whatever. But why, why have I not reinstated this concept and just call it, I call it free play right now. I do call it free play. Like when we plan out our day in the morning, I'll say, and then we have free play for three hours or whatever which doesn't happen a ton, but when it does, I like the idea of like, this is where you are. Cause when my, when my, when I had toddlers, it was very like, I would explain, I mean, even when they were like three years old, I would say, this is your time. Like you get to, within this framework, you know, you get to do this or this and this, because I'm going to do my own thing. And when my babies were little, I would take a nap. Like I was so tired. Right. Cause I was just up in the night feeding babies. But um, but I kind of like that idea. Why don't I just bring quiet time back with the phrase of like, you're, you're actually independently in charge here. So, and my kids are old enough now. I mean, the cool thing about them is they can even like do like, they can paint some art and still put away their stuff. So Yeah. I'm kind of feeling inspired to, for Mandy and for myself, like do the concept of quiet time where you guys are all, you have, you have two hours and if you're squabbling, don't be by each other. Like, yeah. Find a space, find a corner in the house that's not by your sibling and create something, daydream, whatever, read a book. I don't know.
0: I think, uh, and maybe I should have you do this example, Terrilyn, but when you, when you are implementing that, a trap that I can fall into and which doesn't work when trying to implement quiet time is kind of like the, I'm sick of everybody. It's quiet time. You go here, you go here. You have to stay in this room. The like that energy Mm -hmm. doesn't work for quiet time. I know from experience. So (laughs) (laughs) make sure when it's like a gift we're giving them.
1: Yes. You present it as a gift.
0: gift. Yeah. So I like what you just explained. You get to. Here are all Mm -hmm. the things you get to. Here's your special space with. Maybe you have just a little basket that's only a quiet time activity type situation, but it's it is a. Sometimes I can present quiet time not in a positive note, so mm-hmm. make sure it's it's like a, a has a positive vibe with it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't mind. I think it's also valuable to. I think that's a really really good point that you just made, Felicia, because it changes the whole vibe. It changes it from a punishment. It feels like a punishment to them
0: mm-hmm. when
1: it's like that. So I, I'm really glad you brought that up. And something that I think as you're presenting this concept to your children is you can, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, this is a gift to you guys that you get to do all these things like this. And, and my kids are older, so I can actually explain to them. I love it. I still have to review with them probably once a month. Like, remember, this is actually why I don't let you have screens during this time, because this is what these good things do for your brain. But then I think it's also okay to also tell them, and this is also a gift for me because then we're modeling, we all have needs here, right? All of us do. And all of us need some downtime away from each other. So I think it's okay to present it not from a, I need space alone. So get out of my face. But as in like a, this is a gift to you guys. And it's a gift to me and it's a gift for all of us. Cause you know, I think it's beautiful for our children to see us knowing our own needs and making space for our own needs. Cause then we're giving them permission when they're adults to do the same thing in a loving, in a loving, healthy way. Right we're modeling what that looks like to honor ourselves without it becoming a, we're not putting guilt on them. Like you guys have driven me crazy. And because of you guys, I'm not happy. Like we're not doing that kind of stuff. We're just saying, Hey, like I'm going to honor myself and I'm going to give you guys a gift too. And when you're adults, you can do the same thing.
0: Yeah. I love that. That is a big amen. This is a good, a good reminder, Mandy. I needed this, this question too. All right, everybody. Let's find the magic.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Brown cows. (laughs)